Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp. Well, we're continuing the series of podcasts dealing with how to read and understand the Word of God, the Bible. And so today what I want to do is not deal so much with the mechanics, but really what takes place in a person's heart when they truly get into the Scriptures. And the Scriptures begin to get into them and to become a part of who they are. Often people will say to me, how is it that you preach without notes? How is it that you teach for hours without notes? Well, I must tell you that's the grace of Almighty God, but it is also the result of years, years of meditation in the Word of God of reading the Word of God, of studying it, of breaking it down, and over and over again, making it a part of your life. You see, when God radically changed my life at age 19, I had never read a serious book. I had gotten through school in a variety of different ways, none of them good, but God was gracious to me and got me through school. But when God saved me, He not only saved my spirit, he saved my soul. That's my mind, my will, my emotion. I didn't know it at the time, but God saved the totality of my being, and he saved yours as well. And in Western Christianity, we've got the idea that it is only a spiritual thing, that it deals with our spirit, but God saves us, body, soul, and spirit. That's why we need to watch how we treat our bodies. We need to take care of our bodies. There's nothing sacred or godly about being fat and out of shape and not taking care of yourself. There's nothing godly about overdoing that and becoming a gym rat to where all you're concerned about is your body and how you look. The idea of the Christian life is balance. And when you are controlled by God's spirit, you are balanced and never more balanced in your body, your soul, and your spirit. Your soul is made up of more than just your emotions. It's your mind, who you are, not your brain. Your brain doesn't control your mind. Your mind controls your brain. This is why you have to renew your mind. Why? Because it's corrupt with evil lust and the curse of sin. And if we're going to get serious about following God, we've got to deal with our minds because God saves and sanctifies our mind and our mind controls every other aspect of our lives and gives us the proper data that we need and the proper discernment that we need that deals then with our volition, our will, our chooser. And so I don't want to try to get too complex here, but I want you to understand that when you're a child of God, you are enrolled in the school of discipleship. You are enrolled in the school of Jesus. And you say, well, I don't like schooling and I don't like study. Well, you need to quit saying that and repent of it and never say it again. Yes, it is hard work. 
But anything that's worth anything takes time, it takes effort, it takes discipline, it takes obedience. And if you're going to be what God wants you to be, you're going to have to become a student of the Word of God. Because it's not about how many mission trips you take and activity of going here and there. We're always wanting to do something. Listen to me. In the Bible, being comes before doing. Who you are determines what you will do. And so many people are so busy doing and serving Jesus and making sure everybody's taken care of and all this, that, and other. And that's great. But there was a woman in the scripture that was rebuked for that. Thank God there are Marthas, but the Lord Jesus said, Martha, you're running around here and you are encumbered. You're laden down with all sorts of burdens. Now, do what Mary's doing and take time to sit at my feet because Mary has chosen the good part. Now, there is service that we must do. Honestly, in many ways, serving is the easy part. It is getting our souls right and getting our hearts where they need to be, getting our mind right with God. And that means getting in the Bible and learning how to study and how to read it. And so what I want to do today is just talk with you about this concept of meditation. Because meditation is not Eastern meditation, getting a word, or as the Masons will give you a word and you meditate on that and you repeat it, you know, that that's not what I'm talking about. That's Eastern mysticism. I'm talking about biblical meditation. When you open up the book of Joshua, we're confronted with this very word. As a matter of fact, Moses is dead. And God said, now, Joshua, you've got to get on with it. He said, only do this. And he starts in verse 7, says, only be strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, the Torah, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper, that you may be successful and be established wherever you go. This book of Torah is translated law shall not not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night for this reason, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. And if you do this, you'll make your way prosperous. He said, I will give you good success. So you need to understand what the word meditate is. The word meditate is the word haga, 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 ha, h, a, g, a, h, haga. Now, it's not haga, that's a het. This is a hay. And it is the word which means really to growl, to moan. It's the word to be murmuring as such deep. It's a sound that is used. It's like the cooing of a dove. It's like the roaring of a lion. Those are the words that sometimes will translate the word haga. It's very important that we understand this because that is something that comes deep from within that line. It's something that comes from the soul of that dove, that cooing of the dove. It's something that is inside them that has to be verbalized. And that's the idea here of moaning. You're reading something and you go, hmm. In other words, God speaks to you and it touches you. And that has to be repeated over and over and over again. It's important that we understand this. David talked about this in Psalm 1. He said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, chapetz, is in the law of the Lord. Now, the word law is the word Torah. 
T-O-R-A-H, Torah. It doesn't mean law. It contains the law, but the word Torah is the word for instruction or teaching. It doesn't have the idea of the courtroom. No, 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 no. That's a Western concept. Now, it can be used for that, but that's not the main thing. It's the idea of the classroom, not the courtroom. It's the idea of learning. When Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, and you'll find rest for your soul, take my yoke upon you, that is a Hebrew idiom. Out of Matthew 11 there, when Jesus said that, he was talking about those that were burdened down with the teachings, uh, the traditions of men that had grown up around the teachings of the Word of God, those rabbinical teachings that were burdening down. Those teachings were called a yoke. Jesus said, take my teaching, my yoke upon you. What Jesus was saying when he said, take my yoke upon you, was enroll in my school. Why? Because my burdens are easy. My burdens are light. My yoke, my teachings are easy. John, the apostle, said the Lord's teachings are not grievous. They don't vex us. They don't burden us. They don't distress us. Why? Because they're good for us. And so David said, your delight, your joy is in the teachings of the Lord. So he said, and the person who in his law meditates. One of the words that is translated meditate in our English language is the Hebrew word for making a path, making a road. It's used sometimes the idea of a blister becoming a callus. Why does it turn into a callus? Through use over and over and over again, rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. This is the idea. How do you make a path? You make a path by walking that way over and over and over and over again. It becomes a habit. It becomes a path. It's a way. So what we think on most, that's what we're going to have in our hearts. This is why when men get together, many times what they talk about is sports or some trivial something, and they know more of the box scores than they do the Word of God. They know more about who is the next quarterback at their particular university and what the standings are and who the prospects are more than they know the Word of God. And that's a shame and a disgrace. And men, let me say to you, whatever you emphasize That's what your children will prioritize. And whatever you marginalize, they will ultimately reject. Now, you just mark this down. It's the grace of God overly so if that doesn't happen. This is very, very important. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to let it get so much inside of us that we groan, we moan, we are moved to the point where we let out a sound like the cooing of a dove, like the roaring of a lion. We've got to let it out because it's in us. And so don't get caught up in this idea of the Western concept of a courtroom being the law. The law of the Lord, the Torah, is the word instruction. It's the word for teaching, and it has the concept of a classroom, discipleship, sitting under a tree, walking by the wayside. This is why in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that the people were told to love the Lord their God with everything that's within them and to teach their children that, and they do that not in a time where you say, okay, you sit down here, I'm going to teach you the Word of God for 15 minutes, and then we'll get on about it. No, it's when you get up in the morning, when you walk by the way, when you're eating, when you lie down at night, when you're just driving down the road, when you're just sitting around, whatever the case is. In other words, it's a way of life. You see, Christianity is not something we do primarily It's who we are. And who we are is determined by our identification and union with Jesus. 
You see, we are who we are by the grace of God. Get in the Word. Let the Word of God get in you. Read it over and over and over again. I'll talk to you more about it tomorrow as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.